Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intelligence, forecasts, and success strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for joining us on the radio, iTunes, YouTube, or the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we have an interesting show for you. We're going to talk about the Trump effect on the economy and on commercial real estate. Look, there could be a lot of changes. Who knows? I think everyone's trying to predict the future as you're making decisions for your your business and for your real estate. What's going to happen? Well, we're going to have some experts we're going to talk to. And let's start by welcoming Victor Kalanog. He's the chief economist and senior VP with Reese. He's joining us on the phone. Victor, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, Michael. Well, Victor, let's start with corporate uh, tax reductions and personal tax reductions. Is that really the easiest thing for a Republican House and Congress and, and Trump to, to do? What are the chances he'll do it, and, and what would be the impact? I think that, as you noted at this point, uh, number one, there are more questions than answers, <laughs> and number two, execution really matters. So once he's inaugurated in a couple of days, I do think it's quite likely that the Trump administration and Republican majorities in the House and Senate are going to push to change the corporate tax structure and the current regulatory regime. So let's start with the tax structure. I know they've been outlined in very broad terms, but if you take a look at their stated intent on uh, President-elect Trump's website, they aim to promote, quote, unquote, lower, simpler, fairer, and pro-growth tax structures with initial figures from a lot of pundits suggesting large cuts in both personal and corporate income taxes. So, you know, these changes are likely to benefit pro-business interests in the short run. I suspect that they contributed to the broad rise in U.S. equity markets immediately following the election in early November and cascading through till this week or just a few days ago. You know, things were up and down, but in general, equities appear to be anticipating a lot more economic activity from these tax cuts. So commercial real estate loves job growth. So if corporate tax rates are reduced, what's that mean for jobs in the future? Right. So, I mean, the question is whether tax reform will be implemented and how economic actors will respond. So, to your point, if individuals or corporations pay less in taxes, will they be spending more on productivity-enhancing investments, whether it's on the labor side, meaning will they hire more people, or on the capital side, will they sign those leases for commercial properties, tend to commit the five to ten years of doing more business, Uh, Will these tax cuts stimulate increased economic growth that will offset any short-run decline in tax revenues? Because after all, you can't give money back without taking money from some other pocket. Mm -hmm. Will it support current federal spending obligations without increasing national debt and deficits to worrisome levels? So I think the worry about debt and deficits has been kind of put in the sidelines right now. A lot of people are anticipating more growth, hopefully more jobs. But it's kind of a double-edged sword. If things get a little too frothy, will you have lenders relaxing their lending standards again in competition with each other? So we'll see. It's really a tenuous balance that needs to be struck. And I think that political leanings aside, whoever was elected to office faces the same challenges, right? Just walking that, that tenuous balance between stimulating economic growth and avoiding a lot of the unintended consequences. 
Right. And Victor, let's look at two uh, property sectors in particular. So if you own or are investing in office properties, I guess when you look at the stock market and corporate tax rates being reduced, I guess you're kind of happy. Yes, I think it's a net positive, and I know we're going to talk about this later, but if infrastructure spending uh, is basically implemented at even a fraction of the $1 trillion original proposal, then it's going to vary by region, but by and large, it's going to benefit office properties, right? Yeah. Well, I, think, talk- uh, I think in general, that's going to be a net positive for office properties if implemented properly. Yeah, I would I would hope so and would think so. And let's talk about retail. If we have personal tax rates are reduced and and we're walking around with more money, I guess we're Americans, right? We're going to spend it. <laughs> we might already be. <laughs> That's a good point, Michael. I think we're already seeing it from the somewhat robust numbers that retail sales are pulling through for the holiday season. They're only now beginning to come through, but uh, what's, what's really heartening about it is that we don't seem to be sacrificing our personal savings rate, which is still hovering in the mid-fives, for increased retail spending. Uh, I do think, though, that a lot of the increased retail spending are happening in channels, whether online or through freestanding restaurants, that might not be directly benefiting retail real estate. Right, So there's a lot of online spending that's going on. In general, that's great for the economy. That's going to work for a company like Amazon. I'm not sure that a lot of the big companies that have announced store closures are going to be pulling back on those plans because of this outlook. Right. And we're talking with Victor Kalanong, chief economist with Reese. So, Victor, let's talk about regulations. How about Dodd-Frank uh, and how that's impacted commercial real estate? What do you expect moving forward? Now, I think at some point in early November, Mr. Trump's transition team was quoted as stating they plan to, quote-unquote, dismantle Dodd-Frank, right? Uh, there were no further details provided since then, but I think what's clear is that the regulatory burden on the financial sector has really grown quite cumbersome since the end of the last recession, right? right. Uh, the question then becomes, what will replace Dodd-Frank if it is truly dismantled? Will the proper incentive structure be enforced to promote growth as well as protect against risks that really leveled us back in 2008 and 2009? And again, I'm going to return to that theme of that tenuous balance that needs to be struck. I don't think businesses resent regulation per se, but I do think that they resent cumbersome regulation that they don't see the point of. That doesn't necessarily make us feel safer, right? I mean, one question I like asking when I give speeches is, well, okay, well, what more of a lift will a pro-business regulatory environment provide to commercial lending? If you take a look at the latest Mortgage Banking Association's figures, commercial and multifamily originations passed $500 billion in 2015. We've recovered levels last observed in 2007. So, you know, we're back to peak. There's been some pullback this year, but I do think the CMBS lenders will be particularly happy if certain incentive structures uh, that Dodd-Frank has promoted are changed. So, you know, they pulled back. And it really depends on which lender type you are as to whether or not the new regulatory structure will work for you or not. Right. But you're assuming it's good news for lenders if it's uh, 
if there's some relief, right? There's certainly latent demand for CRE loans. You know, when you had CMBS lending pull back earlier in 2016, you had sources of financing like alternative mezzanine lenders stepping in relatively quickly, and that's how a well-functioning financial system and lending system should work, yeah. right? Yeah. If some people pull back, well, there should be other players that should come in and see some opportunities there. Right. Again, there's that tenuous balance that needs to be struck. Okay, should we encourage more lending? If we see better office property fundamentals, if we see more building because of infrastructure spending, well, that will require more CRE lending. The question then becomes, how do we encourage that without seeing LTVs begin to rise, without seeing DSCs become razor thin, and who's going to be looking over the lender's shoulder? It's not their fault necessarily. They're in competition to make sure that we avoid future crises. Quick, quick answer on, should we worry, be worried about the 1031 exchange with the Trump presidency? I think it's a safe bet that anything that is uh, a tax policy that generally benefits real estate transactions will remain in place or will become better. Uh, I do think that it's a bit of a rhetorical question. I asked in one paper, will a U.S. president with a background in real estate be good for real estate? <laughs> I, suspect, I suspect the answer to that is yes. Now, with that said, I mean, it, it, it's almost impossible to avoid unintended consequences. We're hearing anecdotal reports of transactions being postponed late last year in anticipation of a more favorable tax regime in the next two or three months, right? So uh, there's a bit of a freeze in transactions because a lot of folks are expecting a better deal moving forward. I suspect that as a blanket answer in general, you should look to uh, pro-business uh, a tax regime for real estate being more than normal. Victor, thanks for joining us. Appreciate the insight. Thank you for having me, Michael, as always. Well, stay tuned. We'll have more on the Trump effect on the economy and commercial real estate. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Stay with us. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're covering the Trump effect on the economy and commercial real estate. Please welcome my next guest. It's Mitch Rochelle. Mitch is real estate practice leader with PwC, and he's joining us on Skype. Mitch, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Mike. I thought you were going to call me real estate guru. (laughs) Real estate guru with PwC. There you go. We love it. (laughs) So there's a lot of things that Trump is saying that he's going to do. If you looked at maybe the top three, tell me, Mitch, what do you think is the number one thing that he will be able to get done and the impact on the economy in commercial real estate? Let's take uh, – I'll go through a, like a quick list, and then we'll try to prioritize them. Uh, one is – I'll put them in order later. The repatriation of the trillion dollars of capital or cash that's overseas, tax cuts, both corporate and personal, uh, infrastructure, uh, the Affordable Care Act. Uh, and deregulation. I make those the, the top ones. Uh, tackling them sort of in reverse order, let's start with repatriation. Um, clearly, that's going to put fuel in the U.S. economy. And since real estate is a capital intensive asset class, and one of the things we hear in the research that we do is that 
foreigners like U.S. dollar-denominated assets and they like U.S. Uh, real estate. So if cash comes to the United States from overseas, and this is U.S. multinationals cash, um, that's going to help the economy and that's going to help commercial real estate. What's interesting about that fact is the talk on the street, and when I say the street, I mean Wall Street, which is down the street from me, is that a lot of CEOs are talking about buying back stock uh, with those proceeds. So uh, that's a wait and see. Uh, deregulation. Uh, the thing we hear the most about deregulation is uh, we're not hearing about sweeping changes to the regulatory regime like we hear about repeal and replace of Obamacare. No one's saying repeal and replace Dodd Frank. No one's saying repeal and replace the uh, Department of Labor's fiduciary rule. But what they are saying is, how do we make it easier to do business? And the reality is, if you talk to CEOs of the big banks, uh, the too big to fail institutions, they're actually saying they don't mind uh, the Dodd-Frank. Uh, they don't like the minutia of the rules, but they don't mind Dodd-Frank. They think it's actually made the U.S. banking system stronger. And uh, relative to other banking systems around the world, it's really strengthened the U.S. banking system. Where it could help the real estate economy is how local we've got in real estate and how local banks, the $100 million in assets, the $200, $300 million in assets, those local banks have really been forced out of the real estate business, lending business, because they can't compete with uh, the bigger banks that have the infrastructure to be compliant with the provisions of Dodd-Frank. So if those institutions are slightly deregulated and they can get back into their meat and potatoes business, which is taking deposits from customers and re-putting that money back out in the form of commercial credit, whether it be real estate or business credit, that's going to be the thing that's a game changer for the commercial real estate industry. And how about some of the other major things he's talking about, like the reduction in corporate tax rates and, and, uh, and how might that impact real estate? But here's what's interesting, uh, and I actually said this the other day. Uh, I was in Dallas doing a, a presentation, and I, I said this in response to Q and A, and the audience didn't think I was crazy. So I'll try. I'll try with your audience, which is, um, if you look at the real estate business, uh, it's become a very local business. Ninety um, percent of the real estate development organizations have twenty employees or less, right? So their real estate business has become a small business. Number two is if you look at who's creating jobs in this country, there are five times more jobs created by companies that have uh, 49 employees or less than those companies that have 1,000 employees or more. So if we deburden small business with taxes and we make it more competitive from a tax rate perspective, meaning the highest marginal tax rate for corporations in the United States won't be dissimilar from the Eurozone, which is 10 percentage points lower than us. Okay? If we do that, then we let those small businesses have the extra capital to accumulate working capital, to reinvest, to create jobs, which they have been doing. That's the thing that's going to drive the real estate economy. Because those small businesses are the tenants, those small businesses are the construction firms, the engineering firms that are part of the real estate supply chain. Um, whether they be who we do business with, um, in terms of who we lease space to, or who we do business with in terms of how we create new product, those are going to be the players that benefit the most from a tax reform 
Right. And I run a business, uh, Bull Realty, with about 50 people. And if they reduce the tax rates the way they're talking about, I think I would immediately hire a couple more people. I have some some growth uh, opportunities. But, uh, you know, you got to have the cash flow. So you think it's going to really impact uh, jobs in a big way? And is that why the stock market's reacted so positively? The stock market's reacted to that. Uh, and I'll give you a little headwind on the stock market in a second. But stock markets reacted because they, they feel that the United States – uh, enterprise in the United States will be, from a tax regime perspective, competitive with um, other jurisdictions around the globe. And that's the reason why the, all of the publicly traded equities, um, the analysts that cover them, are bullish on corporate earnings going forward. Realizing, going into the election, we probably had five of the previous six quarters of declining uh, corporate earnings in the S&P 500. So we're actually, uh, it's a big pivot, uh, and that's why so much capital also, recognizing that interest rates are going up, um, we see a big rotation away from fixed income instruments like, like bonds into equities. We're seeing a big rotation away from emerging markets into U.S. dollar-denominated stocks. That's what's also pumping up the U.S. Uh, uh, stock market. Okay, so back to the maybe the top ten things that that Trump might do. What is the number one thing you think he'll be able to get do and get done and be the most impact on commercial real estate? I think corporate tax and personal tax are going to be the the easiest things to get through Congress. Um, the control of the House, the control of the Senate, um, the fact that there's precedent in terms of it's something Reagan did. And the Trump administration sort of likens its policy to Reagan. Interestingly enough, it, it's something that JFK was successful in doing um, in the 60s. So there's precedent. Um, and here, there's, there's probably not bipartisan support, but the, the fact that there's um, Republican control is going to make that easier to do than some of the other perhaps more controversial things like uh, the Affordable Care Act, which I know is high in the agenda, but it may just be a little bit more of a challenge to do. The other thing that's interesting is infrastructure. And on the campaign trail, not just uh, the president-elect, um, but the some of the Republican candidates um, have talked about this, taking that wall of cash that's overseas and somehow uh, bringing it back to the United States, putting a 10 or something percent excise tax on it as a amnesty to bring it back to the United States, and taking that tax revenue and allocating that towards infrastructure. Um, that's something that we hear, heard a lot about during the campaign process, but haven't heard much in the process of uh, the Trump administration sort of coming together. Uh, I expect that that may be something that we hear more of uh, in, the, in the weeks uh, or months to come. But infrastructure is a high priority point, and I think there's a correlation between uh, infrastructure investing and real estate investing. So it also could be something that benefits the players in the real estate uh, uh, sub-economy. Right. Yeah. In real estate, we need the infrastructure. Well, Mitch, thanks for joining us. We appreciate uh, your insight. Michael, thanks for having me as always. All right. Well, stay tuned. We'll have more on the Trump effect on the economy and commercial real estate. Hey, make sure you connect with us and comment on YouTube on the Commercial Real Estate Show website. You can find all our social media links. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show.
check out Valuate, a real estate analysis program that can be easily shared with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. That's GetValuate.com. Commercial real estate owners defer thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of tax dollars through cost segregation. I recommend Ernst & Morris. Call 1-800-COST-SEG or visit CostSeg.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're talking about the Trump effect on the economy and on commercial real estate. Please welcome my next guest is David Kessler. He's the National Director of the Real Estate Industry Practice with Cone Resnick. David, thanks for joining us today on Skype. Uh, hey, Michael. It's always good to be here. Thanks for having me. David, business owners, uh, real estate investors, always trying to predict the future. Here we are with a uh, president-elect, Trump, who's not in office yet. There's been a lot said about changes that, that Trump's going to make. He's going to drain the swamp, right? And one of the things is a corporate tax rates and individual tax rates. You're, you guys are an accounting firm. You're the, the, the real estate guy there. What's that mean for businesses, growth, and, and commercial real estate? And is it going to happen? <laughs> yeah, well, Michael, that's the, that's the uh, million-dollar question, is it going to happen? Um, we don't know if it's going to happen, but um, I will tell you, he's proposing some really dramatic changes uh, that we're, are going to reduce the tax rates for individuals and have some alternative uh, treatment for businesses that we really haven't been accustomed to seeing. One is that the individual tax rate is going to go down from a, a, a high of 39% to anywhere from 12, 25, or 30 percent he's cutting the rates down um, to you know three different tranches the corporate tax rate will go down to 15 percent from 35 percent um, and there's something unique he's proposing a pass-through tax so most real estate entities as you know are owned uh, most real estate is owned in LLCs or partnerships and there's going to be an election to tax the pass-through partnership or LLC, which doesn't get taxed now, that gets uh, rolled up into the individual tax rates. You can there's an election to tax the pass-through uh, entity at 15%, uh, which is a dramatic reduction from the highest individual proposed rate of 33%. And would that so, just be real estate, David? Would that also be you know small businesses that are held as an LLC? Yeah, absolutely. Good point, Michael. That would be not just real estate. That would be uh, any businesses that are, are um, operated in, in LLC. So there's a, a suggestion that there could be potentially more pass-through entities created. Um, the other thing is with uh, carried interest. Um, the proposal would be, as you know, we've, we've heard for many years now, um, he's uh, as, as well proposing to eliminate the carried interest uh, benefit, and that would be taxed at ordinary income. However, most of the carried interest is earned through pass-through entities, so that would have a rate of 15%, which is even lower than the capital gains rate. Um, other proposals are to eliminate the alt-min tax, which would have an impact. All this, I think, is going to have an impact on both um, individual savings and spending, um, as well as business investment. Uh, there's a proposal that a business could elect to expense immediately the acquisition of uh, structures, uh, furnitures and fixtures and equipment. 
uh, that changes the whole depreciation rules as we knew it. And a business could deduct immediately the acquisition of, uh, of structures and carry over the unused uh, deductions to future years. But with that would come the elimination of the interest expense deduction if such an election was made uh, to fully expense the uh, acquisition. Wow, that would be a, a big change. What do you hear about the 1031 exchange? Is there a chance that that, that would get adjusted? Um, I'm hearing um, two things. One, I'm hearing that it could get adjusted within this new um, uh, deduction for, for structures. Uh, but I think it's going to stick around. Uh, I think that um, it, it, it's, it's very a valuable uh, element of the tax code. Uh, to defer and, um, and, and, and and roll over. So I'm not sure which way that's going to go. Um, you know, the projection is that uh, GDP is going to be increased um, anywhere from 1% to 3% within the first couple of years. But then there's also predictions because of the dramatic uh, reduction um, and, and in taxes that uh, GDP um, would decline in later years. So there's a lot to work through this tax plan. Right. And one of the things that impacts commercial real estate is employment, right? So if companies are more confident or maybe if they have uh, lower tax rates, might they expand more? How, how might this affect employment moving forward? Um, I think it's going to have a positive impact on employment. And I think what we're going to see is uh, some of his other proposals relating to uh, some relief with Dodd-Frank. Uh, and some relief in some of the other regulations, um, you know, that has really uh, impacted a lot of um, the commercial real estate industry, uh, including single-family home building uh, with the increase in, in regulations. Uh, I think we're going to see more home building. I think we're going to see more investment. I think we're going to see more development. And clearly he's a proponent of infrastructure development, which is going to have a tremendous impact on jobs. And I think we're going to see more jobs in skilled labor and trade areas. So, you know, there's going to be a, a booming economy uh, with job training, community college, trade skills, uh, and a lot of um, uh, newly created jobs and, and income increase in areas that really haven't seen that much of an increase over the last uh, eight years in this current cycle. And you mentioned Dodd-Frank, so seems like the lenders are under a lot of regulations, and it seems to be slowing down uh, the, the lending <laughs> business here lately. So what are the chances that that, that does get adjusted, do you think? Um, I think there's going to be some relief. Um, you know, if you look at the CMBS, um, you know, there's been a uh, decline in, in, in business over the last two years, and the risk retention rules went into effect in December. So the big question is, you know, with the um, $89 billion of maturities over the next um, year and a half or two, uh, what's going to be the replacement for that? And, you know, not only the CMBS and money center banks, but the big question is, what's the impact going to be with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, uh, which has gotten to the point of being extremely profitable now? Uh, and such a, a major, major uh, impact within the multifamily space, as well as single family, but predominantly multifamily. 
Um, so there's a big question mark as to what the new administration's approach is going to be to uh, Fannie and Freddie as well. Right. We're talking with David Kessler with the accounting firm of Cone Resnick about the impact of the Trump effect on the economy and commercial real estate. So, David, having said all this, we don't really know for sure everything that's going to happen where we are today. What is your advice to business owners uh, that that are running big companies today and, and commercial real estate practitioners and people who own commercial real estate? Uh, Michael, my advice is, is, is stick to the fundamentals. Uh, no matter what, focus on, on good real estate, sound transactions, um, good underwriting, stick to the fundamentals, um, where you're seeing job growth, where you're seeing um, uh, the, the um, live, work, play. Uh, we're seeing a lot with mixed use. Um, and, you know, that's what you need to stay focused on. We're going to see interest rates creep up. And I think um, get as, as much as you can in the way of information on how any of these proposals are going to affect your business and, um, and, and stay tuned because I think there's going to be a lot of uh, opportunity for, for planning and, and strategy. Right. And what do you ex- expect for interest rates? I know none of us really know, but, but what do you think might happen, say, a year from now with the interest rates that, that people are paying for commercial real estate loans? Um, I think we're going to see them uh, tick up with these plans, um, with the uh, additional increase in, in disposable income, uh, additional uh, retained earnings from businesses that would be available for investment. Uh, I think we're going to we're going to see an increase in demand, an increase in the um, GDP, and I believe that's going to also serve to um, increase inflation, which will increase interest rates. So I think uh, we're in store. We're not going to see them go lower. That's for sure. All right. Well, final question for you, David. We appreciate you being on. How might this impact the cycle? It seems like we've been in a great cycle for, for a long time. What is it, about eight years? Uh, well, will this Trump election maybe extend the cycle, uh, make the down, when we do hit a down cycle, make it worse? What are your crystal ball predictions? Well, um, I think that um, we're going to see continued strength within this cycle, but I think we're going to see pause over the next year. We're already seeing, you know, with um, $239 billion of dry powder for capital for real estate investment on the sidelines, uh, we've seen some pause with development, um, you know, cherry picking uh, key uh, sites. We're seeing a little bit of um, uh, slowdown with, uh, with rent growth. Uh, I think that um, it's going to be a, a time of pause over the next couple of years, but I think that um, it could serve to extend the cycle a little bit further. That's excellent news. Well, David, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you being on. My pleasure. Thank you. If you like more from David, uh, reach out to him at ConeResnick.com. Well, stay with us. We'll have more on the Trump effect on the economy and commercial real estate. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Stay with us. Excelligen, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com.
Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. Today, we're discussing the Trump effect on the economy and commercial real estate. Please welcome my next guest. is Kermit Baker. Kermit is Chief Economist with the American Institute of Architects. Kermit, thanks for joining us. Michael, great, great to be with you today. Well, we appreciate you chatting with us today, Kermit, and I think a lot of people are curious about the Trump effect. And of all the things that Trump and his folks are saying they're going to do, what do you think is the number one thing that he will get done, and how might that impact the economy and commercial real estate? Well, Michael, as you said, you know, a very long list of proposals. It appears in uh, you know early on that the repeal and replace Obamacare is high on the priority list both of the Trump administration as well as the uh, Republican leadership in, in, in Congress. I, I think the effect on, on, on uh, commercial real estate is, is mixed. Uh, you know, demand for medical facilities, offices, and things like that is likely to decline if there's a scale back uh, ultimately in the, in the number of people covered. Uh, on the other hand, there's a certain financial burden on small and mid-sized uh, businesses uh, paying uh, for Obamacare, and, and that might allow, allow them to grow their operations without it. So hard, hard to see how that's going to balance out, but I think there's some clear pluses and minuses there from the, uh, from the real estate community. Yeah, right. Yeah, they, they started that pretty quickly. So what do you think is number two that could impact the economy in real estate? You know, I, I, I think number two, I'd, I'd put tax reform again because of the, uh, the, the, the broader interest in that and the broader support for it. Uh, you know, I think that's probably uh, pretty clearly a plus for commercial real estate, you know, talking about scaling back uh, 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 corporate tax rates, uh, uh, in all likelihood scaling back personal pa- tax rates at the upper end of the income distribution would allow you know, I, I think uh, more uh, investment capital uh, to go into the real estate world. So I think I, I think that probably would be a plus for the industry. Right. We're talking with Kermit Baker with AIA and, and Kermit. So it, if he does reduce the tax rates for corporate uh, corporate tax rates, then I guess right. There's more economy. There's more money in the economy, right? So would you think that some of these corporations will now increase uh, development and 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 hire more people, right? More jobs. That would certainly be uh, at least the short-run effect on that. I think there's, there's, there's no question about it. I mean, longer run, Michael, you need to think about, well, if they're cutting back revenue, um, uh, you, you know, are they going to start running up deficits? Is that going to push up interest rates and other th- sorts of things that are come back and maybe stall uh, real estate investment a few years down the road? But I think over the, uh, over the first few years, it is a pretty, pretty much a clear plus for the uh, corporate real estate world. Right. As jobs goes, especially commercial real estate goes. And, and if they're able to reduce personal tax rates, then maybe there's more money for consumers and maybe that helps retail. Uh, or is that all retail going to go to online sales anyway and not impact sticks and bricks? Well, you know, I think that the, the, the lesson, Michael, has been that, uh, you know, we've seen the sticks and bricks show up in, in other places, distribution centers, warehouses, and things like that. And, you know, I, 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 don't, I, I think more spending is good for the real estate world. It just is, is changing in terms of uh, where, that, uh, where that activity is. Okay. So number one, impact Obamacare. Number two, impact possible reductions in tax rates. So, Kermit, what's number three? You know, number three, I think I'd put trade uh, on the list. There's certainly a lot of talk about, uh, uh, you know, enforcing uh, trade and uh, border uh, trade areas and things like that. I think that probably is a, 
uh, a, a minus for the real estate world. You know, if we have uh, reduced trade, we're going to be paying more for uh, construction materials and products and things like that. That's going to drive up the cost of construction, so that's likely to limit some of the investment in uh, in, in real estate activity. Okay. And Kermit, what about immigration? Um, if he's tougher on immigration, how's that going to impact uh, construction and, and commercial real estate possibly? Yeah, I think that's a pretty clear negative also, Michael. Uh, you know, the construction industry probably second only to agriculture in our economy in terms of the reliance on uh, immigrant workforce. Um, and, and, and we've got a very serious uh, labor problem in the construction industry. And so, you know, scaling back on immigration would only exacerbate that. So I think, uh, you know, I, I, I think that could be a pretty serious issue uh, down the road. Okay. And I guess that leaves uh, a lot of things, but I guess the next one in importance that we're hearing is deregulation, right? What could be the impact there? Yeah, and I think that works out in a couple of ways. Uh, you know, there was a, uh, a study done by the National Association of Home Builders uh, last summer that candidate Trump mentioned uh, several times on the campaign trail that uh, uh, regulation, state, local, and federal regulations added uh, 25% to the cost of a home on average nationally. Wow. And, uh, um, you know, I, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I think uh, President Trump is going to be quite uh, uh, vigilant in terms of scaling back uh, regulations. Now, the example here, probably the federal government could do very little about because these are mostly state and local that affect uh, home building operations. But I think uh, in, in general, scaling back regulations is, is high on the priority list. I think that's, uh, you know, I think that's uh, good for the, uh, the longer term prospects for uh, uh, real estate investment. Uh, the financial side is a specific application of that, I think, and, and financial deregulation is also on the list, uh, you know, really rolling back some of the uh, Dodd-Frank provisions, uh, making uh, capital for uh, real estate investment more available um, is, is is probably also fairly high on the list too, and I think that would uh, that would be a net plus for uh, for the industry. Sure, I think yeah, I agree. I think Dodd Frank uh, is maybe uh, hurt a little bit of the available financing for existing projects and and new development in the last quarter of last year. So I guess a lot of the clients of uh, architects be glad to see that. Yeah, yeah. No, I think. Uh, you know, depending on how it how it's handled, I think uh, uh, you know, I, I, I think it could spur more uh, more activity. All right, so so we're talking with Kermit Baker, chief economist with AIA. Any concern about the ten thirty one exchange? That seems to be uh, great for the economy. Do you think any chances of changes there? You know, I I, I I I I do think that that's probably going to be a little further down the uh, down the priority list. We'll see. You know, we'll see when that comes up. And you know, I think in general, uh, you know, it's important to see sort of, you know, it, it it's a long list of things uh, that are that are, uh, uh, you know, uh, that are going to be attempted. We'll have to see sort of what what really makes it through the gates and what doesn't. Right, Kermit Baker. Thanks for joining us, sir. Michael, good talking to you today. Great insight from Kermit Baker. Stay tuned. We'll have more on the Trump effect on the economy and commercial real estate. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Are you in commercial real estate brokerage? Check out Apto. Created by and for commercial real estate brokers, Apto is the leading web-based platform for managing relationships, properties, listings, deals, and back office. Visit apto.com slash CRE show.
Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Today, we're talking about the Trump effect on the economy and a commercial real estate. Please welcome my next guest. is Dr. Larry Souza. He's Senior Investment Economist and Advisor with Pillar 6 Advisor. He also sells investment-grade institutional-grade commercial real estate properties, and he also teaches at four universities. Larry, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, you're welcome. And So, Larry, what do you think of our new president for people who are in the commercial real estate-related businesses? Well, I think uh, most of the economists that I've talked to, along with myself, would come to the conclusion that this will be a major shift uh, in policy that we haven't seen for quite some time. Uh, the markets, if you look at the stock market, in the bond market already, the bond market has sold off and probably lost about a trillion to two trillion dollars in market cap since the president uh, won the election in anticipation of higher inflation expectations and interest rates, which have already started to flow over into the commercial mortgage and the residential uh, mortgage markets. And the Fed, uh, Yellen's actually uh, speaking today here in San Francisco. And uh, based on her uh, comments, um, along with the other uh, open market uh, committee members, uh, they are guiding the market and having at least two or three interest rate hikes uh, into next year. Right. Uh, Basically, the bond bull market is over. Um, uh, Interest rates, especially on the 10-year, is up about 100 basis points since Brexit. And those interest rates uh, will probably reach on the mortgage side, particularly residential. We'll see mortgage interest rates up to 5% probably by the end of next year or early 2018. Okay. Um, he's, pro- he's proposing around a uh, trillion dollars uh, in infrastructure spending. He is proposing tax cuts of almost an equal amount. Uh, the infrastructure spending um, has a uh, multiplier effect, which is fairly immediate within the, the first uh, 12 to 24 months of implementation, and then it uh, degrades and then impacts uh, the economy again once those projects are online around six um, years into the future. Um, we're already at uh, $20 billion in debt outstanding. Um, we were already forecasting another $10 trillion over the next 10 years just from entitlements, and with the tax cuts and with the infrastructure spending along with other um, aspects of what the Republicans want to do after winning both House and Senate and the executive branch, uh, we're probably going to see another levering up of the economy, and I think at some point in time the amount of debt that will be coming in um, to the capital markets, along with a sell-off of U.S. Treasury securities, along with issuance of new sovereign bonds over the next three to five years will push interest rates up and probably send us into a recession within, by the end of 2018, but definitely a fairly severe recession between 2021 and 23. Okay. So recession between 18 and 23. And you think that... Yeah, I'm seeing a, a recession uh, at the end of 2018. I'm sticking to my, uh, my guns. It should be a... a somewhat mild recession, but a corrective recession. But I'm forecasting a severe, almost financial crisis type of recession in 2021 through 23, because most of the major industrialized and emerging economies have levered up their systems to the point where they're 
debt to GDP is 100 to 200, and in some cases 300%. And at some point, they're just not going to have enough tax revenues to pay the interest on the bonds, and they will. The bondholders will have to take a haircut, or they will default. And Larry, do you think a Trump presidency uh, makes this potential recession coming up more probable or worse, or does he help? Uh, or is the infrastructure, the reduced taxes, increasing uh, our debt so much that it, it makes it worse? Um, you know, I'm concerned about the debt. I mean, our debt's basically doubled in the last eight years under the Obama administration just because of the severity of the financial crisis. We're already seeing, you know, entitlements increase significantly as the, the baby boomers age and um, they start drawing on, you know, Medicaid and Social Security, and the, the Fed, uh, the Treasury will have to start liquidating securities to, to pay out, you know, to those uh, entitlement holders. Um, that coupled with, you know, additional debt that will need to be issued uh, to pay for infrastructure and the interest on the debt going forward will set us up for a recession in 21 through 23. And I know at the debt levels get really high. They're going to go after real estate in the 1031 exchange. They're going to go after the mortgage interest deduction, and they're going to go after higher corporate income taxes at some point in the future to bring down the debt levels. Okay. And what do you think about Trump's ideas about trade and immigration and the impact there? Well, I mean, we are highly impacted here in the Bay Area, and especially uh, the Central Valley. The Central Valley relies on uh, immigration, particularly foreign immigration, in regards to the farm industry. And they're already facing labor shortages there, which just drives up the cost of food. And then the Bay Area, which relies uh, heavily on foreign immigration, HB1 for high-tech workers will be impacted also because there's already a labor shortage in highly skilled, highly educated workers here. So I think the coasts will probably be impacted the most in the Central Valley in Texas uh, through immigration uh, policy. Um, and then uh, the places like Cambridge, Massachusetts, and Midtown, and other many Silicon prairies and valleys uh, will be impacted uh, also because we rely so much on foreign immigration and highly skilled labor for our tech industry. Okay. So the worst part of it, you think, is the debt, the national debt. What is the, uh, the best thing, if there is a best thing, that you think from the Trump presidency? Well, you know, if it can be done right and not throw out the uh, baby with the bathwater, you know, I think a modification of Dodd-Frank is prudent, uh, particularly it impacts uh, regional banks and local banks the most. Uh, the money center banks were the ones who got us in the, to the problem by manufacturing derivatives, off-balance sheet, contingent liabilities. Um, if he also is prudent, you know, in providing incentives through HUD, although I don't think Ben Carson is really the guy to lead it, um, that would increase home ownership if it's done correctly through policy. If the Obamacare is modified, um, that would be, you know, helpful um, in providing uh, medical uh, services to the other 20 million people that, that don't have it. But if they repeal it, uh, health care makes up 27 uh, percent of the total GDP. So if they repeal it and all of a sudden all that money goes away, it's going to have a major multiplier effect and could send the economy into a recession. 
So you have Dodd Frank. You have you know you have housing housing. You have financial regulation. You got FDA and prescription drug approvals. He's going to be going after everything. And the question is, will the policy be better than the policies that were there before, or will it generate unintended consequences that will neg- negatively affect certain industries and certain geographies across the United States, which it probably will. We're talking with Dr. Larry Souza about the Trump presidency and the impact on the economy and commercial real estate. And uh, you mentioned the 1031 exchange. They might go after that. That seemingly would really hurt the economy. And there's a lot of of business uh, generated around a 1031 exchange. And you think they may go after that because they're just going to need the money to to feed the deficit? Or they may go after it for another reason? Yeah, because there's some some hawks in the uh, Republican Party that want to mitigate you know, the level of debt. At some point in time, you, you can't continue to issue bonds and then inflate away the debt. At some point, you're going to have to raise taxes. And the perfect place to go for the taxes is the mortgage interest deduction. Phase that out, means tested by income, and then go after the 1031 exchange and maybe go back after uh, recapture tax and transfer tax, income tax, and capital gains tax. I think everything at some point, the debt will get so high, and then um, they'll have to raise taxes to pay down the debt. Yeah, so you think everything may be on the table. I'd hate to see the 10 th- 1031 exchange go away or be altered to, 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 to the impact there. So what about deregulation? I mean, there is talks of deregulating a lot of things. Is that hurt, help? What do you think there? Um, you know, deregulation deregula- you know, is designed to cure market failures. And the financial crisis was huge, but Wall Street has been lobbying systematically over the years to dismantle Dodd-Frank and to go back into the derivative manufacturing business. But in, and in my view, that's extremely dangerous. Uh, healthcare, there's 40 million, 50 million people, you know, that need healthcare. 22 million currently have it under the Obamacare. 20 million people need healthcare. Um, if they roll back healthcare then that means that actually the constituency that voted Trump into office will probably, a significant portion of them, will probably lose their health care. And that could come back to, to bite them in his uh, second four years. Closing tip for our listeners and uh, viewers, Larry. Um, watch the yield curve. The yield curve is basically interest rates by maturity for, the, for U.S. Treasuries. It's starting to flatten. When it inverts, when short-term interest rates get close to long-term interest rates or actually get higher than long-term interest rates, the stock market will peak a year later, and we will be in a recession in 24 months. Watch the yield curve. Watch what Janet Yellen does. Watch what the Fed does. We'll be watching it, Larry. Thanks for joining us on the Commercial Real Estate Show. You're welcome. Anytime. And uh, thank you for watching or listening on the radio stations or iTunes or YouTube or wherever you're checking out the show. Maybe you're on commercialrealestateshow.com. We appreciate you being with us. Be sure to connect with us on all our social media accounts and on YouTube. Comment on the show. And, And join us next week. We'll have another great show for you. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty, Asset and Occupancy Solutions, Ernst & Morris, the leader in cost segregation, 
Excelligent, building data everywhere. Apto, your entire brokerage in the cloud. And get Valuate, online investment analysis. The best thank you? A referral to our sponsors. You can find them at CREshow.com.